Hey everybody, it's Cage. By now you know that Lucas Tigers and Bronze podcast is sponsored by PWCC, and you've probably already heard our weekly PWCC episode. But did you know that you can now bid on the weekly and premier auctions straight from the PWCC mobile app? It's the easiest way to bid on cards, make offers in the fixed price marketplace, track your submissions, and view your vault portfolio. So join the thousands of people who are already placing bids using the mobile app. It's available on both Apple and Android devices. Thanks, everybody, and enjoy the episode. And we're live. Um, I have a feeling this is going to be uh, an episode for the ages, Luca Nation. So thank you, thank you, thank you, all of you, for joining us, for commenting, for subscribing to our channel. It's, uh, it's truly a blessing to invite and have guests of this caliber, of this stature, say yes. So thank you all, because without you guys listening to our show, we wouldn't Jimmy, be you're here. tall? This, How tall are you? Are you like 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, I mean, we're... Yeah, it's funny when people this go stature. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you said, well, he said the guest of this stature, you know, he must right. be, well, you know, I mean, that's the deal. <laughs> God, not- Andrew. Poor Andrew's at VCon. He's got crazy... You know, look, there's somebody sitting down behind him now. You know, we're doing this episode while Andrew's live in VCon, and we got a celeb. We got, we got, we got Jimmy with us today. There you go. Just a guy that likes cardboard. Oh, we like that. That's what I say too. I love it. A real collector. <laughs> when I told Cage that we're gonna have Jimmy on, he said the first thing I want to ask the, the man is, does he have that smile glued to his face? Because, you know, they say smiles. And just charisma, personality, and joy, you know, it's, uh, it kind of, it brings people closer to them, right? And I'm curious, Jimmy, were you always like that? Did you go through some trials and tribulations and then you, you know, got to this place? I know people will laugh and they'll be like, Andrew, the origin story, but I truly (laughs) am curious, like, to kind of hear how you got to the place you got to. It's funny because I do hear that a bunch, like, and I even hear it like where people are like, there's no way this dude's this happy all the time. Come <laughs> on. And I feel like I was all always kind of this way, but I also had some trials and tribulations. I had in my 30s, kind of right around the age, age you are. I went through 15 surgeries um, and spent about six months at the Mayo Clinic. Um, it was all just joints, genetics. It sounds like I was in a car accident, but it basically makes it really hard to have a rhythm. It was like five years of that. And it was hips replaced at 32. But before that, they tried all the, anyway. And that definitely contributed to it. But honestly, what it what I think it is, too, is I worked in foster care. And um, when my wife and I moved in, we moved in with nine abandoned, abused, neglected high school girls in a in a cottage in the Appalachian mountains for three, three, four years where we, we were their parents a week on a week off. And that's an interesting story. I've had a crazy life, but um, man, when you hear stuff that they went through yeah, and I'm talking the worst stuff you can think of the like the worst and they get up and they're having a good day and they're smiling and you're like, I ain't got no problems. Yep. I don't have any problems. And then my, I went through the surgeries. I saw all that stuff. And I, my feet hit the floor this morning, and I work in sports cards. Like, yeah, I'm smiling. 
Like, it's great to be here. It's like, funny, Jimmy. You know what? What's funny? There are some people out there who put that smile on, and you can you can, you could tell they're doing it because you know they want to have you know that persona. You know, they put it on because when the cameras turn on, I've seen you with cameras. If you know cameras, see all this stuff. And you know where I, th- I think it comes from. And I, you know, I'll, I'll start a story off. Maybe you could finish it for me, right? So, so, so two things. Number one, the hobby it goes up and it goes down. You've been in it for you know a long time, so you've seen ups downs. You might not have ever seen it up like we just had. But what's crazy about it is is whether you're talking about sports cards or not, I have a feeling you'll probably agree with me. I lay my head down on my pillow at night and go to sleep with a clear conscience. I fall asleep in two seconds. And yes. the way I'm able to do that is I'm not screwing anybody over ever. No. I, I don't have to stay awake at night looking up at the ceiling saying this person's going to be mad at me. What about if this thing comes back to haunt me? What about that deal? What about this person I screwed? So I wake up happy. I get a good night's sleep. I agree. Like to me, that is the most important thing. And it's, I think the hardest thing for me with doing these shops and being in this part of this, this type of service is like, we make mistakes and then we'll get on the phone and call, but they'll be like, you're scamming me or this or that. And it's like, my God, I couldn't sleep. No, we'll fix this right now. I actually had a thing happen while I was down here. Um, and 1am in the morning, a guy was complaining about something on a break. And I was like, all right, Here's what we're going to do and fix it. Like, I don't want him to even think that we're that type because it's not about, if it's not about the money, then that does no good. But the most important thing is that feeling when your head hits the pillow, like I, I wouldn't be able to sleep. Yeah. If, if- so I want to get into where you are now because you're talking about where you are, what you're doing and, and where you are both geographically and where you are business wise and the hobby, what you're expanding on the whole life. Andrew started off with the origin story, but let me take you back and um, you're opening a pack and you pull, it's a draft pack, but you pull a Zion RJ Barrett dual auto, right? And it is a one of one and it's a sick card and it's, it's, you know, people have gotten into the hobby again, but it hasn't touchy fan. He threw it out. (laughs) He almost threw it out. You know what he did? He sold it on eBay. I believe eBay. He sold it. And 100% of the charity, 100% of the proceeds went to Crossnor, whereas the place he was talking about with his wife, where, you know, they, they, they set up in the mountains and, and did all this, this charity work. Um, so anybody who, who meets Jimmy, there are people who meet in the hobby who are, you know, they're fugazi. There are people who don't live the life. They talk, the talk, they don't walk the walk. This man has walked it. Um, and that's pretty awesome. So let me just say thank you because two things. Number one. It's amazing you did that. It's amazing the donation. It's amazing donation of, of the money, the time. I know you talk about it. I know you you steer people there. You, you tell people to have an opportunity to work there. If they have that kind of calling, that's amazing. But more importantly, the story was huge. It brought attention to Crossnor. It brought attention to the hobby. So you managed with that one card, which didn't enrich you fiscally because you, you donated all the money, to bring attention to a couple of things in life that you loved. By giving the money away. Think about yes. that for a second, guys. Think about that. To me, in my life, and this actually touches on a lot of things that have happened recently, too. But, I mean, the more you give and have that ability to impact someone's life, I've received back tenfold, twentyfold, whether it be money, whether it be a big card, whether it be time. And, and and anything, that's the biggest struggle I have right now because I'm so busy that I, I I'm trying to give more 
time that I, I don't have, but at least I can get this car. At least I can do this. But to me, it's it's cards or a vehicle. I mean, I came out of college. I was I, I just was a teacher, and that's all I ever wanted to be was teach. And then I was a high school principal. And then in, in, when I was 27, and then um, went from there into all this other stuff and banking and all that, where I got this ability to do more. But to me, it's about so it's about what is your vehicle? For me, out of college, it was the vehicle was the classroom. And then when I worked at the summer camp, the vehicle was the sailboats and the basketball courts. Now it's cards. That's the vehicle to go impact somebody. And the good Lord's blessed me enough where now he's bringing it full circle and allowed me to do something I've loved since I was eight to be, that's my vehicle now. But it's just stuff. It, it like you can't be the guy with the greatest collection in the graveyard. Like to me, it, it's much better to, to be able to hold on to things loosely. And that was an easy decision having just left cross nor um, there, because like I said, when you live with foster kids 24 seven, man, you ain't got any problems. You got no problems. So I'm curious if you agree with this. So, Sometimes I pray and I ask, you know, God, can you give me more so I could give more, right? Because you can't pour from an empty cup. And there's a lot of LCSs, a lot of hobby shots, a lot of people that have been in this space for 20, 30 years. And, and the kind of the vibe I'm getting from them is they don't know what's going to happen with, you know, this whole fanatics thing. They don't know if this run is going to be sustained. They don't know if they're going to get be able to get product. So it, it's hard to sometimes for some of these people to be so giving when they don't really have a lot or they're worried about their business kind of surviving is there any you know you run two lcs's or two hobby shops is that right jimmy or is it more than that four can you talk to us because what advice would you give or maybe you know what direction would you give them or what was your breakthrough moment uh because i think that inherently 99.9 percent .9 of the hobby is very giving but no they have, to have a little bit of something to give too. And I think sometimes they miss the business acumen of how to get there. It's funny. I actually had the same conversation with a great guy, Connell collection on Instagram. He, he does sketch work for, for tops and he's a teacher and a wonderful guy. And, and um, we've talked about this and to me, it, it's not, it, it almost makes it sound with the LCS is the, the other folks that we have to give a certain amount to feel like we really gave. And that's really not the case. So even when I was a teacher making $21,000 a year, that's when I really started giving. And I didn't have much to give, but, but it's about training yourself to give. And, and you can make people's day and impact people's life, even if it's a $100 card, that is not gonna break the LCS that is striving for business greatness, right? That, that is okay to take that card out and be like, Son, take this home. Daughter, take this home. Start your collection. And you can ask, I think you're all having Tracy on next week. You can ask him about it. But I've, I've told every single guy that is going to run one of the shops and everybody in the company, you, you have to give every month, every week. I'm not saying you got to give a big card away every day, but you have to give because you're going to see that, that that comes back to you. But even more so what happens, and especially in life and teaching and being a counselor and all that, you'll, you'll give something to somebody, it could be small, $15 card. And 
they've never had that at home. They've never been taught that. They have no, wait, what do you mean? Like you're just giving it to me. And six months later, when you've forgotten you even did it, you'll get a letter. And it'll say, I mean, I've got a bin of letters just from the card community that I've saved. Where it's like, I just hadn't ever, I didn't know that was possible. I didn't Andrew know gets I, the letters all the time too, but they're usually like, you know, they're usually like, no, they're like hate mail. It's like, you know, like with crazy typewriter, you know, like we're coming to kill you. Some of them has white powder in it. They're coming to get them. I get <laughs> letters. Like, I haven't gotten that. I've had some people <laughs> online be pretty nasty and it's weird. I don't know why. It's like, okay. Um, but to me, it's that stuff that you never, and sometimes you'll never know. You'll never know if you impacted that person's life. But to me, I, I told this story to all my guys. I look at everybody like a scale, all right? And every time I interact with you, I want to put sand on the right side of the scale. I want to tip your life to the positive in whatever way I can. And you do that for a long time, and the kind of the blessing you get from that is when you see a tip and the light bulb comes on and it actually really impacts. But then you do that for a while, and you're like, well, when I see the light bulb come on the scale tip, that's great. But that's kind of about me seeing gratification. What I got to fall in love with is just shoveling sand. Yeah. And putting it on the right side. It's funny. And we forget about this, right? Because it's something you get taught about when, you know, when you're a kid, you're supposed to share. And when you're an adult, you're like, why am I sharing? Like, what's yeah. the story, right? I forget what my daughter came home from maybe kindergarten, first grade. And she told us a, a thing called a bucket dipper. And a bucket filler. That sounds like what you're talking about. And I'm like, you know, I said, well, what are you talking about? What's a bucket dipper and a bucket filler? Well, there's two types of people. There are people who are going to fill your bucket. They're going to give you more. And then there are people who are dipping into your bucket and they're taking from you, right? And here you are. I mean, you know, I guess, you know, like, like kind of like Peter Pan, right? You know, when we're kids, we have this magic about us, right? But when you get older, you don't. Look at your face. Look at the smile on this guy. This dude still has the magic. Told, it's the truth. <laughs> it worked. Like, I don't think I ever would have met Tracy or the guys that are now in this company if I hadn't been giving away cards, right? And it doesn't always have to be a LeBron auto. It could have been an Adrian Beltre that this one guy really loved that I gave him, and then the word spreads, and now here I am sitting with you on this podcast. And that wasn't the goal, but this is a result of that. And those people, maybe they start giving it. Like, you don't know. And you, like I said, you get to see the scale tip sometimes and that fills you up and makes that time at night when you put your head on the pillow amazing. But man, just fall in love with doing it. And that's why I say when your question about giving, just give, just do it. It does not have to be a $5,000 charitable donation with a million posts. It can just be in your shop, just train yourself to start doing it. And any LCS can do that. I'm thoroughly convinced. I'd be remiss if I didn't take this moment. So th this conversation was made possible by Tracy Hackler. So thank you, Tracy. But the person who's- A new sponsor, Tracy Hackler. Woo-hoo. Jeff, he's the best. And, and, you know, a lot of times we, we see these companies, we, we were quick to judge, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't take the moment. I, I messaged Jeff. We had him on the show. I thanked him. I said, I'm going to VCon. 
and we're setting up a, a booth here. And I'd love if I could, you know, find products to give away. There's going to be kids here. There's going to be kids who, you know, love cards, but they're in it. To, you know, they're Gary V followers. I'd love it if we could give some stuff away. We're going to have like this little spinning wheel. And without, you know, any doubt, he said, I'm sending you a, a package right now. And it was, you know, different box, nothing crazy. But I met a kid today. His name was Luke. He didn't buy a single thing, but I gave him a pack of Clearly Dunrus cage. I know how you feel about Clearly Dunrus. And he pulled his favorite player and his dad was there and he was from Oregon. He's like, we're from Oregon. We pulled this guy. It's a guy I've never even heard of wearing an Oregon Ducks jersey. And the excitement on his face from something so subtle. So, you know, I'd be remiss if I... Jeff and Panini, who made that happen in a lot of ways, it brought joy to someone that Jeff will never meet. Uh, just by pulling a player, that's worth a dollar. And it's it's interesting how that works. And it just starts with, like you said, giving. And one I'm step curious. beyond that, guys, I was on the oh. I was on a, a live, like face FaceTime, whatever you call it, right, with Andrew earlier. And someone came up to the table and tried to buy that box. And Andrew's like, no, this is I'm doing giveaways. Like this has to be given away. And the guy's yes. like, but but this is what it's worth. I'm, I'll, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you this for. It. And he's like, no, no, I'd love to sell it to you. You know, if you, I'll give, I'll give it away if you buy something if you want, or I just give it away. And he's like, no, no, I want to buy it. And then later on, by not selling it, you're giving it away to somebody who got a little bit of joy from it. It's just the way it works, you know. And don't make me out to be a saint because I really, really like money. Like my sister asked me, she me said, v friends cards. I was like, I really like cash. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't buy a house with v friends cards. So Jimmy, curious. Um, where are you? Are you living in Kentucky now most of the time? Are you Columbia? Where's Where's home for you? Are you kind of traveling around? So home is Lexington, Kentucky. I, I have lived in North Carolina for about 20 years. I'm currently in Bogota, Colombia, where we're starting this project to open a soccer card shop, the Football Road Show. You can see all our soccer stuff down here. Actually, pretty cool. Um. So you already know I'm going to come down there and at least play a little soccer with the kids. You need to come to Kentucky and just hang out for a weekend. We'll go on a distillery tour and have a big old time. You left summer Kentucky to go to Columbia because it's cooler there. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Columbia is gorgeous. Oh, it's gorgeous. It is awesome. I didn't know until I got down here and tried to walk five steps. You're at 8,300 feet in Bogota. You're you're over a half a mile higher than Denver, so I can feel it. But um, but yes, but we have a shop that's going to be in Dallas, Sonoma, New York, Bogota. So I travel quite a bit, and then things like shows. Of course, I got to go to that Fenway show that I heard y'all talk about, but um, it was awesome. But home is Kentucky. Home is Kentucky. I mean. Woodford and Four Roses are both in Lexington. So, I mean, I would never leave. Oh, man. The Woodford tour is, like, my favorite. It's beautiful. Come on. You're invited. Lifetime. Come on. That's my wife's drink. She had Woodford oh. last night. It was good stuff. Horse, Lexington, horse capital, right? Horse capital of the world right there, Andrew. You got it some is. good stuff. Horse, bourbon. Lexington, Kentucky is real nice. Bourbon basketball. What I found – what I found when I've traveled abroad, Cage, Cage made fun of me, said I've been hiding from the cartels for a long time, is it takes, it's very easy. You know, we have it really good in America. A lot of people in America have it, have it left, but we have it really, really good compared to the rest of the world. And I think sometimes when you travel to these countries, like you give a kid a pair of used boots, a soccer ball, and they're, 
almost you know, they're ecstatic. Like they, and, and I we think that perspective- good. It, I've traveled a lot and lived overseas some too. And like things you take for granted, like just driving down a highway in America versus driving down a highway in Argentina or outside of Bogota, like it's a different deal. It's a different deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, build it up. Bogota has been there for quite some time. So has Lexington, Kentucky. But I mean, you know, now you're expanding to Texas. You're expanding to New York. Let me let me ask. Okay, we'll 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 do it a different way because New York is is a far cry from the childhood home of Mary Todd Lincoln and the estate of Henry Clay. You know, we're uh, so impressed. We're we're here in New York, right? You know, we're we're doing our thing, right? But let's think about it. New York. Are you going to be in New York proper, like New York City, Manhattan? Actually, it's in Bronxville. Say a little smart. So already, already being smart because what we've seen here is, you know, we've seen take it for whatever, wherever it comes. We'll never know the details, but you know, New York stores, I've talked about this, you know, quite some time, you know, they are a great idea when there's a boom, but you know, from 2011 or so until, you know, very recently, there was no store in New York because rent and is Bronxville crazy. feels like small town, North Carolina. Bronxville's nice. Our, our rent is less in new york than it is in dallas right you can rent the bathroom in new york for, right. for, for in new york city you know you'll probably have a whole huge place in bronxville for the price of the and bathroom you'll have, yeah it is it's an old shoe store and it's at, it opens i think in the next two to three weeks probably nice. we're just waiting on a couple things but you'll you wouldn't believe it in that i mean we did all our research too at median incomes 200 grand all that different stuff it's where goodell lives actually Bronxville's really, really, it's very nice. Metro North, right up from the city. Easy, easy to get there and, and definitely a nice neighborhood. 100%. Sorry, Andrew, go ahead. I wanted to throw the Henry Clay and Mary Todd Lincoln stuff in there. I was so impressed. <laughs> Cage is a New Yorker. He's a true New Yorker. What's, what, are, what, what challenges do you run into opening an LCS? Like, I imagine you have a team, you know, they believe in the vision, they believe in you. You're as good a salesperson, brand, you know, as it comes from, so they follow you as a leader. What are, I'm sure you run into challenges, you know, what, what are they? And definitely. And I, I would say the main logistical challenge is, is one thing. And then kind of the vision that we're trying to build is another, but the main challenge is the allocation game and distribution. No doubt. It's not hard to rent a place and build it, but we're not really doing it kind of the way most would and it's on purpose because it's kind of the actual vision which is so the goal to me is it's it's create this community like truly create it i'm trying to think of the best way to put this here we go so you can imagine if when you were younger if you had a dream to do a card shop how to do it and then you go through your whole life and you get to a point where you have the bunny from working in other I helped start a bank and a software company and other things where it's, it's not the normal business model where it's really go as tight as you can is make it extraordinarily efficient on the build outs and all that. It's, you know what? I'm at this point in my life. I've got this in the bank. I can build it without that stress and that pressure exactly the way I want. Like for instance, if, if you see these other guys, like if it was just about the money, you would probably just hire 40 breakers and put them in an office building. It was just about a card shop that had your end over end constant ROI, you know, keep the, the space simple, make it almost like an Apple store, 
but keep it simple and go, right? But ours, like for instance, in Kentucky, I bought the old baseline from Rupp Arena. And you walk in on history every time. And we're expanding and we don't need to expand, but we're the place next door moved out and I'm putting couches, a coffee bar for moms, all that stuff for when they come in. If you look at California, another thing we bought is a piece of the Staples Center floor from the 2011 All-Star Game where Kobe was the MVP and Blake jumped over the car. And we're putting that in a wine humidor thing, except not wine, it's cards, and you walk in on that history. Where if you're doing a normal card shop, you're not spending that on fixtures. That's right? a cost, not an investment, for if, if you're doing it. And, and- but but it makes the it makes coming to the shop an event. It makes the shop itself an attraction. You know what I mean? So it's definitely totally. a different way of doing it. Pretty cool. I think the other piece of it is who's running them, right? So other than Tracy, myself, David, and my partner, Brian Fillmore, we're the oldest guys there. I went out and hired all guys between 25 and 31 who are great people, and they're younger, and they don't have a lot. They've got some experience, but not entrepreneurship, business, startup, which, of course, this is. And it's because I want them, and that, that's more of a strain on us because we've got to teach, right? And we've got to train them, and it's not, but that's what I want to do. I want to help the next generation become great card guys and shop owners that aren't afraid to give, that'll spend a little bit extra to make it a great experience for the customers and all, all of that. And that they can teach me as much as I can teach them. But normally you'd go hire some seasoned guy that you could give him a little bump and and run this efficiently. Okay, I want you guys to make mistakes. Tell me, take risks, go. Just go and let's try and change this because there's never been a car shop from New York to California, right? There's been guys that own shops in the same city, like Mitch at Bullpen. He's the I love Mitch. He's got what seven shops or something in LA. But if we're going to really try and change this, and this this hobby's been around since, what, the 1860s, Reconstruction, right? Then, you know, the first guys looking at their PCs are doing it with a candle and going to the bathroom <laughs> outside, right? Like, it, it's time, and there's this big boom and all that we can talk about. But if there's a time to try this differently and do it, I want to do it right because I'm at the point in my life where – I don't mind spending the money. I don't mind getting the young guys in because I want to create something that's lasting. And it's not just about me because I, I truly believe anything truly great must be transferable. It can't live and die with one man's personality. So when I'm gone, does this still work? Does it move on to Justin and Cody and Ryan and Kevin and all my guys and Tracy? Like all, all these, can anybody t- step in and take this even further. And and that's kind of the goal. So let's get the young guys in that have the right hearts and train them. Because we can teach you cards and business. We can't teach how good your heart is. It's funny you said that the first person that came to my mind, Dr. Beckett. And we actually haven't had the privilege to have him on. We were meant to have him on at Mint, but there was a scheduling conflict. But it came, he, he changed the industry, did he not? Right. 
I met him for the first time at Nant, and it was awesome. He is a great. You met you met Dr. Becker. Remember, Cage was, uh, the first person yeah. that came to my mind. Transferable lives beyond is Dr. Beckett. Uh, who got you with the cards, Jimmy? I'm curious. Actually, I just, it was random when I eight years old went to a card shop with some friends after like a t-ball game, and and uh, I'll never forget it. I um I went in. It's, they had 85 tops packs and i said well what who do i want to get and they said dwight good dwight good and joe carter first card on top dwight good 85 oh. and of course then you're done watch the next card was the mark mcguire olympic team but nobody knew at the time that that was going to be important and Corey snyder Corey snyder um, oda b mcdowell right so i was hooked from then on but my dad never collected it was all by by happenstance nobody in my family ever did but man you hit the card that the card shop tells you you want the first pack you ever open and i still have the card in my safe at the shop wow same wow. card. that's amazing i mean listen it's fun stuff and i love the transferable stuff and so so jimmy listen let me give you a little credit where it's due here right because it sounds like the model you're building is your own stuff you're not you know knocking on doors and saying you know just put put Kentucky Roadshow on a store in Bronxville, right? You're Not starting it from scratch. New York Roadshow. You're making it your own. It's the New York Roadshow. It's, you know, it's going to be the 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 Bogota Roadshow. You love it down there. So the football Roadshow. You love it down there so much, you're going to hit Cartagena next. You're going to be romancing the stone with Joe yeah. Wilder. You're going to be doing all that fun stuff, man. No? Great movie. <laughs> Great movie. You love Anybody who goes to Columbia has got to watch that. So. Of course. Hey. <laughs> but here's why it's awesome. Right. Not everyone can do what you're doing. And we got to call a spade a spade mm -hmm. here. Not everyone can do what you're doing because people are doing this for the most part. The people who have gotten into this and trying to expand, they do it for the money. Right. Not a lot of people are doing it saying oh. I, I got altruism at, at heart. Right. And, yeah, there's a combination of people who do do both. Right. Totally. But let's but if but let's just I mean, Ryan Carr collected too. another great example. Right. I love the guy. But if he was hemorrhaging money in his store. It would be harder for him to be such a good example to kids and, you know, be so good. So so I'm not saying he's not, not doing it for the right reasons, but also you got to make money. You are saying it's going to come, saying it's patient, right? I can front load it. It's sure. got to be sustainable and profitable, of course. Yep. Because then what am I teaching if it's just, oh, Jimmy will put in this if we Correct. No, no, no. There, there's a part of it where we're going fast and we're going hard right now, and I'm front-loading it myself mm -hmm. on purpose because I believe that's important to get there right away. But then after that, and we have all these meetings, and Tracy can tell you about it, it's all about smart business, sustainability, profitability, and then use that to give. And I want all my guys that I, they get, it's a better deal than running a Chick-fil-A. I can tell you that. I've compared the models. Where these guys that run these shops at 25 years old can make way more than I ever dreamed at until I was in my mid 30s. Yeah, the Chick Fil A franchise model is not so good. They do it off of they do it off of gross profits, so it doesn't yes. matter what's profitable. I looked into that. Got to do like more like 7-Eleven model where right. you profit if they profit. I don't know if you looked into this cage, dude. I look into everything. I I I have two kids. And, and no one ever sat me down and said there are different ways of doing life. They just said, go to college, waste your money, take out loans, and be beholden to those the loans. The way I set you down? And sort of, sort of. <laughs> but so, so you know, I look into franchises for my kids. 
Because yeah. if I'm going to spend a quarter of a million dollars on a piece of a, a piece of paper that you can line a birdcage with with an American university, well, I might as well spend that quarter of a million dollars and buy a franchise or right. buy a business or start something. There's, but that was never something that was in the cards or made possible for me. That's why I love right. talking to people like Jimmy because you know what he's doing? He's taking a chance. But when you're betting on yourself, is it much of a chance? You know, you know what you can do. Yes. Mind if I say, so I personally think altruism in the way I hear it is a, is the business model. So I'll give you an example. We've done 680 episodes. Let's say we had 200 guests, not a single guest has sent this message. He said, subject line, y'all I'm so juiced. He said, been shotgunning your episodes and I feel like your country cousin. Y'all are on it. Such similar views on all this. Seriously. Can't wait. Not a single person. And to me, what I think about altruism is I didn't even know you could reply to our things, dude. That's a, it's true. It's the first person to ever do that. I didn't even know you could reply. I was just so excited when y'all sent me the link and I was listening to all this. I was like, these are my guys. Like, I've been missing this. And I just listened to all Cage. your a bunch of your episodes, not all of them. Why do you, here's why I think we've had success. Remember your show, The Come Up with Cage, where you yeah. wanted to interview people who are just starting out in the hobby? Yeah, I wish we had time. It's altruistic. So that takes your time. We do do it. Now we just do it under this. I mean, AIH sports head. Yeah. You just start. That's altruistic, right? That's yeah. your time. You're a lawyer. You could get paid $300 for that hour, $500 for that hour. Yeah. You All could right. go to like and sell cards on whatnot. That's altruism. But that is a good business model because you believe in people who are starting up in the space. Yes. And I don't think that's done enough. I don't think we believe in each other enough. Right, because we're such a small community, you believe in these people. Eventually, they become bigger. You know, they. Yeah, but it also you. it helps them get on solid footing, right? So yeah. I didn't do too many of them, but I know Slab Shelf was one of the guys that I had on, right? And he was not a huge thing. He made the, you know, you know, he worked for the Nets. If you remember our interview with him, guys go back and listen and you know come up with Cage Slab Shelf John, and you know he was you know working on his stuff and it's you know a nice easy put your cards in the shelf and blah blah. blah. Well, now I'm pretty sure he is, you know, part running or a family member of his is doing the Red Bull show at Red Bull Arena in New Jersey uh, in June. So he sent me the, the invite. He's like, the you tops, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the Red Bull, Red Bull like the it's like a Red Bull collab where like before the game, everybody's coming and doing cards and do like a trade night at the show. Now, I'm not saying he would have left the hobby if I didn't have him on the show. But it's one of those things, right? Where, all right, now he sent a message. You should come to the show. You should come to this. So it does. It's like Jimmy was saying, right? Like you'll get a message months later. It's like, here you go. Like, what does it cost us? A couple minutes, a little bit of time. And that's the thing is like, especially in business, so many people, whether it be like going back to your American university point where you go to business, I didn't go to business school at all. Um, but it's like, you got to do this and you got to do this and you, and you've, can't give this until you do that and man look it's a benefit of age but i'm like guys some of that's just garbage you can't own a store and be a collector well too bad i'm gonna be both <laughs> you know like that's just how it goes no it means you gotta have some discipline you gotta do that like it's okay we're gonna it's not easy I'm jimmy trust you and we're gonna do this the right way and if you make a mistake fine Andrew looked into running his own dispensary and it, it turned out he couldn't because <laughs> he didn't have the discipline that's necessary. So it's not as easy as you're making it sound, you know? Oh, and I bought plenty from my shop. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know John Calipari? Jimmy, do you know John Calipari? Yes, sir. Everyone's talking knows everyone. <laughs> Is that right? 
No, no. He actually called me um, the other day when I was in Atlanta coming down here. We've gotten to be friends, and um, it's pretty cool because when NIL first started, I I knew some people in Kentucky, and I said, can I come teach the guys of the team? And and I kind of know that life a little bit because I worked for Tubby back when Tayshawn was there and Keith Bogans and Chuck Hayes and those guys. But I said, can I come teach the guys about their, like understanding what they're doing. They're going to start signing cards and this and that, and I can give them cool things to do. It'll just help them and their popularity and going to the league, all these. And back then they were like, well, we can't do it until NIL shakes out more because that could be a recruiting advantage and all that. And still like dog crap. But he called and he was like, I want you to come talk to the team about cards, NIL stuff, all of that on the sports memorabilia and card side. And I was like, absolutely. I can't wait. I love Tyrese Maxey and I love Tyler Hero. Do you see Tyrese Maxey was uh, signing cards with uh, Paul Golden, right, for his birthday. Did you see he was in our shop, him and Quickly, together? Yeah. And they were, like, Tyrese is awesome. And this literally happened yesterday. You can ask Tracy about it next week. But Maxey is doing three summer camps where all the donations go to his foundation that gives out, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas. But um, we're going to sponsor that. And um, it's going to be fantastic because Maxie is awesome. And uh, we get to send like 20 kids to his camp, but it's going to be in Kentucky, Philly, and his hometown of Garland, Texas. All right. Well, he's on mute. So he's talking to somebody, but I'll ask you a, a fun question. I, I, I do this because I'm kind of an idiot. All right. Who's the bigger Kentucky fan? Who's the bigger KU fan? Who's the bigger draw at the games? I mean, Nowadays, this might be too easy of a question. I know if you went 10, 15 years back, obviously not. But is it Drake or Ashley Judd? Like who draws in more of a crowd? Well, first, KU? you definitely want to say UK instead of KU because that's UK. Kansas. Kansas, yes, UK. That, that, that which oh would be God. horrible. I'd be, I'd be stoned. Oh, my gosh. It would be terrible. <laughs> Kentucky. But You'd be challenged to a duel. That's it. Judd, the cool thing about Ashley Judd back in the day, too, when she would come, is like she knows her stuff. Like she mm-hmm. knows – knows the game um but now it's got to be drake he's up there um he, he doesn't come as much lebron's been there once but i would say drake now is the biggest i mean he's got his own the calipari's got his own uh ovo jordans got the calipari yeah. pack with drake yeah, the eight right yeah he's got i actually was able to score a pair which was pretty awesome but um he's got one in his office signed by him and drake amazing what's pretty awesome what do you think what do you think makes coach cal such a such a special leader because what's interesting about him is he's able to coach teams with just insane talent anthony davis boogie cousins that team was insane and people think oh of course it's easy to coach that team no that's a bunch of egos all fighting for the number one draft pick and they all want shots they're kids right what do you think makes him such a good leader both recruiting and then coaching teams and demanding so much from them yeah, because he, he – I know Calipari is a very divisive figure, right? A lot of people are like, oh, he's cheating and paying players. And all that. I mean, he's been in Kentucky over, what, 12 years now and hadn't been anything like – and, of course, after you get John Wall and Cousins and Bledsoe and you produce – I mean, look how – like open a pack of contenders and tell me how many Kentucky players you get. Every pack. It's, it's crazy. But 
I think people really underestimate how hard it is to juggle those egos. I mean, we've seen really talented guys go to other schools where it's one or two guys and they don't do anything. So it's not just roll the ball out. That's always a stupid thing to me. Plus, you don't understand what the families in the ear of these players are like. I've been up close to that. It is insane. So clearly the man can coach if he's got, I mean, five final fours, four final fours, a championship in Kentucky, a bajillion draft picks. And not only that, if you want to just talk about his coaching, look at the difference between who Duke's put in the NBA and who Kentucky's put in the NBA. Just do the Kentucky guards. Maxi, Hero, I mean, go back to Booker. Booker, Jamal Murray, John Wall, Bledsoe, De'Aaron Fox. Like, it just, like, these guys are getting max contracts and second contracts. And, yes, you've got Don and Tatum for sure, but, like, where's Jaheel Okafor? Has anybody seen him? He might be down here. Actually, I'm pretty sure. I the saw Sixers a, thought he was a good draft pick, I by the way. I saw an auction recently. I forget which auction house it was, but Jaleel Okafor was selling a bunch of his stuff. I'm pretty sure it was, like, from the collection of Jaleel Okafor. So he must not be doing anything, really. Look at the difference. I mean, <laughs> if these guys get to the league and become maxi quickly, like, right off the bat in first and second years, they didn't get all of that in one year in the league, right? Like, these guys are coming out of Kentucky prepared. I love that Mojo Autographs loves Boogie Cousins. I still can't get over how much he adores that guy. And he says he's one of the best guys ever. Talk to me. So trade night is like your in card collector too's trade night like breaks the internet. It breaks national. Uh, how did that start? Oh, heritage. That By the way, I, it was. It was Heritage. Heritage's last auction had a ton of stuff from Julia Logofer. No baloney. Last that auction. Crazy. And this one's going to have your Yankees prospect. I heard he has a yes. lot of amazing inventory for sale. <laughs> He got it from people's lockers. Dude, that guy. I mean, think there. about it. If, you, if you're on a team with Volpe and Dominguez and you read the headlines that their cards are selling for half a million dollars, maybe, maybe, maybe steal a glove or a bat. You know what I mean? Why the hell not? That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I had to look it up, Julia Logan. I knew I was, like, looking through an auction. Like, his 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 championship ring was for sale. And, like, it was, like, yeah. you know, all the jerseys and stuff. I was like, ah, that's It's crazy. Oh, yeah. I'm so, sorry, Andrew. I took you off. I took you off your, your game no, here no, with my Julio Okafor. I was just curious. Like, so Cage and I, we went to an event, and then we showed up for trade night, and it was like two, maybe no, probably three hours after it started, still packed. Tons of kids, everyone having a good time. How did that collab with you and Card Collector start to, to start putting on trade nights? Because not only does it take a lot of – I'm sure it's expensive, but it also takes time and effort. Oh. and all. How did that begin? So it's kind of crazy. So I didn't get to my first national till I was 38 years old. And I was like, of course, like everybody, your head just kind of rolls off your shoulders. You're like, this is the greatest thing ever. And I noticed that it closed at six and then everybody's sitting on the floorways in the hall and the hallways on the floor in the hallways. God. And hotel lobbies. And it was always like, Hey man, come over here. You want to do some trading? It's like, yeah, this is terribly uncomfortable. And I was like, well, okay, here's what I'll do. And I just gotten to know Ryan. And I was like, I want to do this next year. You think this will be fun? I think this will work. And at the very least, it'll for a few people. I'm going to rent out a hotel conference room. I'm going to get a bunch of Coke, Diet Cokes, nothing alcoholic, and do pretzels and just come sit at a table and trade. And the only fee is you got to shake my hand. 
in the first one we did, I had some kids come up to me the last one and show me pictures from the first one. Um, it was like 35 people, maybe. Second one was like 100 people. Third one was like 250. And then I took a job as a staff director at a camp, a big YMCA camp, hiring kids. And I couldn't be there in the summer at the trade night. And I was like, Ryan. And by this time, Ryan and I were close friends. I was like, dude, this can't die. I'll fund it if you'll run it. And then he jumped in and he got other sponsors in, of course, because he's a great, he's got a great drive and business mind. And I love Ryan to death. And he took it up and then it went to like 1,500 people. Well, then I came back in to start the card shop. And then it was both of us together. And then last year was something like 4,000 people. And then it, it was crazy because it is a lot of work. It's a, and last year, so I had PJ come, PJ Washington come and sign for free for everybody. I just paid him up front. So that way everybody could meet an athlete and get an autograph for sure. And it will never be charged for admission as long as I'm above ground. It's no dealers can set up in there. We can have sponsors that give away stuff, but it's always about just come enjoy the hobby that you might be able to get something here that you couldn't get in the show because you didn't have any money. But Rod took it to an even a higher level. Now we're back together doing it. And it's cool because this year, you always had to find a hotel bar room big enough. And you really never know, are people going to show or not? Now we're not worried about that. But this year, the National has made us the official trade night of the National. And the the cool thing about that really isn't anything about us. It's about, I believe it'll be in the same arena as the show. So you don't have to go walk to a hotel or get a ride. You can just go from the show to trade night, which was always the goal, make it easy for people to come have a good time. And this is crazy to think, you know, five or six years ago, it was 35 people in an Atlantic city conference room. And now it's the official trade night in Nashville, but it's just by, yeah, going back to the giving. It was like, I paid for it. Don't poo-poo the original. That You are the official trade night of National. Here's what that means, okay? If somebody hypothetically wanted to do a very small event for, say, people who held their NFTs and wanted to call the Sheraton where National is and say, hey, do you have any space? Um, and they asked, well, what do you need it for? And I said, I, I kind of get together of you know nft holders maybe they'll trade some cards oh yeah it's trades no no you need to fill out this form because there's an official trade night sponsored by the national and they have to approve you and i said all right i'll call the trop then but, but that's what happened this is a legit story they that happened to us last year <laughs> with our that's trade crazy that's it, great it we were going to rent out a ballroom for our trade night and they they said, no, we're the official hotel of the Nationals, so we got to get permission. So we called the guys at the Nationals, like, look, we're not making any money here. This is just for the hobby. And then they came over and saw it, and they're like, okay. And then they made us the official one. But to me, like, if it was up to me, because that would be a national thing, I would say, go. That's oh, how this happens. I can assure you I'm not making any money. About 90% of what I do is losing money. That's kind of what I'm about. <laughs> if somebody wanted to do an official basketball trade night or whatever you want to call it, XYZ trade night over here, I'm just, Ryan and I, neither of us are the guys that are going to be like, no, you can't do that. That's not, dude, 
we want to do the all... official beach volleyball of the national yes tournament cornhole cornhole yeah cornhole. But, but yeah that wouldn't be uh that would be the net yeah they want to but i think yeah. it's also because they don't want I, I think it's more when people set up and are selling yeah which we don't I'm, do any of that i'm curious jimmy so Booms are good for industries in the sense that they bring a lot of people in. Do you think booms are healthy? Because what I've seen, and this has happened in cards and now in happening in NFTs, when you have this crazy run in prices, crazy run in excitement, there's always the other side of it, right? Yeah. And it seems that after that, people start kind of eating each other. They start coming <laughs> after each other. They start and you you've been in this for a while. You see it from a more retail standpoint. From like their standpoint you you have relationships what do you think you know are, are you hopeful for sustained growth you know is there you know piece of wisdom for people how do you view what we've seen in the last two years and maybe what we see going forward sure absolutely and having been in banking for 10 years and fintech and all that i can tell you to me it was always going to come back down like that was never a question in my mind but it, it's more about those same people that eat each other, they also won't be collecting cards in five years or 10 years. They'll be moving on to the next asset class and doing the same thing there because that's kind of what they were in it for in the first place. Some of them, some of them will fall in love with it and stay. And that's inevitable too. I think to me what the boom was, and you saw cards going like this for 10, 15 years since LeBron's rookie year. People always say, they, yes, the pandemic, no question, contributed. But if you go back and Google it, there was an article in 2019 in Forbes that said, pre-pandemic, said if you invested in the top S&P 500 stocks or the top, and the top 100 baseball cards of all time, the baseball cards beat the stocks by 152%. I think that had as much to do with bringing – the asset class people in as anything. Then they just had time during the pandemic. But to me, it was the sign of, it's a sign of a healthy market. A healthy market that is sustainable over time goes through booms and goes down. It's not just boom, down, done, the market's cooked, right? And we'll see what happens with NFTs and with crypto and all that. But like I was saying earlier, this has been around since reconstruction of the civil war. Its market is sustainable. It's survived every depression and recession and war. Okay, so it's changing and we had a big boom and now it's come back down. Great. The people that probably should fall off will fall off. What to me I see out of the boom is the biggest benefit is the new age collector that just like me, when I got older and had disposable income, I'm going to get that Michael Jordan card I always wanted. I'm going back. And all these kids are going to come back and be like, Jimmy, I saw that Steph Curry in your shop when I was 16 and I couldn't afford it. And dadgummit, now I can. That's and why I have a mantle. All of that. Those that's kids why. aren't being invested. 100% right. But to me, that that's the product of the boom or the eyes on the hobby. So, yeah, people eat each other and all that. To me, basically, you're describing any good market. It has ups, it has downs, and it's going this way. Of course, I want sustainable growth. But it's kind of proven to be that way over time. There's always a rich guy with a hero, right? So Yeah, a Tyler hero. That's the rich guy I'm partnered with. I love the shirt, man. Love I love the shirt. Oh, love I, I that's love Andrew's it. guy. He was endearing. 
That's he, why he's that's, a, that's why Jimmy wore it. Yeah, he, I, I I heard you on that podcast when I listened to it. And I know you were you were um on him early, and he's my Kentucky guy. So God, I hope I get him in the shop one day. Why not? He's, uh, he's probably dressed very, very well too. <laughs> probably look interesting. I he's love that, dude. He's interesting because he he plays better when he's off the bench. He when oh. he's off the bench, he comes in full attack mode. It's incredible. It's incredible watching that guy shoot, and he's in. I remember telling people, like, I'm, I'm not an investment guy, but the cool thing about the Kentucky stuff, oh, another guard, Kelvin Johnson. It's like when, you, when you're when you around this and you can see, oh, that guy's got a high motor. That guy's got this because we're around it all the time in Lexington. Like Kelvin Johnson, I was telling people they would come in the shop, I'm like, you should probably pick him up because here's what's going to happen. We saw him. He's a high motor, last pick in the draft, not a lot of eyes. Popovich doesn't play rookies. Go get Kelton Johnson Silvers for five bucks because when he gets in, he's gonna he's gonna go hard, and now he's pretty daggum good. Yeah. But just the benefit of being an Lexington, I guess. Kentucky, he's bleeding blue. I love it. Always, you gotta love it. I mean, listen, this is uh, I mean, it's fun stuff. The Tyler Hero thing. You, you you watched? And, I mean, I don't know if you watched basketball in the '80s, obviously, but you know, oh. Vinny Johnson, Detroit Pistons. That's what he reminds oh, yeah. me. Of. Vinny Johnson, microwave. microwave, exactly. Just come off the bench, just heat it up immediately. The microwave. That's that's that Tyler Hero role, and he plays it well. Oh yeah, he does. I'm a I'm a junkie, basketball junkie. I've been so I I've watched all that in the '80s. Normally, this is the point in the episode before we say goodbye where I ask you for advice to give, you know, to young people in the hobby, people who might have just come in, you name it. But you've already given more than enough advice. You know, you've given the, you know, keep smiling what you're doing. You've given the, you know, try to be charitable. You've given the whole nine yards. So I guess really let's try to focus it, right? Because I love having guests on like you who have seen a thing or two, right? You know, you, you didn't just show up and park yourself in the hobby on the middle of that huge uptick, right? Oh, You've Lord, seen it yeah. before, you name it. So let's let's talk about the people who have gotten in in the last year or 18 months. And you can you can take it however you like. It could be a collector or it can be somebody who started a business during that time in the hobby, somebody who came in thinking that it was going to continue to be like this. And maybe they're maybe they're having a little bit of, of, of trouble now. Maybe they're, you know, they're, it's mm-hmm. not where they thought they were going to be when they started forecasting out what they were going to do. What do you what do you say to those people? And, and look, you know, I, I'll pay you for this if you like, because I think it's going to be good advice. But what do you say to those folks? Um, to, 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 to let them know, I guess this is, this is what Jimmy would say. They're asking, cause I get these messages all the time, right? Like what, what should I be doing? What do you think, Jimmy? Okay. So first, first, the collector, let me tell, mm-hmm. tell the collectors. Um, and then I'll, I'll get to the other ones. Um, what I always tell kids or people that are just getting in, cause we have them all ages, sizes, genders, you name it to come in. I always say, look, if your collection went to zero, zero market value, would you still have it up on your bookshelf, your mantle? Would you still enjoy looking at it? Because I can say that about even my Scal Labissier cards, right? Like, I, it, it's fine that he is not this. It's part of my history and what I love and, and the team I root for. So if you're going to be a collector, truly, and we all fall into it. I've fallen into it. You follow the crowd. You're like, oh my God, I gotta get an Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, I'm not even a Packers fan. Like, I, I don't, what am I doing? Uh, okay, that's cool. But, and I like to have a diverse, but pick, pick your focus and go that way for a while. And then if you wanna shift it, go that way for a little while, but be patient 
and make sure that there is some inherent personal value to what you buy if you're collecting and not just going, Bull Bull had a good summer league. Oh my God. I would go get a million of those. Don't, don't, don't feel the pressure from online to do that. Just collect what you love. Find somebody to do it with. I think that is nothing. Be it your dad, your friend. Doesn't even have to be the same player or anything, but that, that, that tends to increase the level of what you love it. That sharing, these things are made to share these experiences. I always said like people like you got this great collection. Why are you giving me this? It's like, cause I'm not going to build a throne room to myself. Cause eventually you're the only one sitting in it. Like it's better to give and have you come be a part of this with me. I think to the people that start business, the business side of this, there are so many unknowns. And you think about why wow, we've gone so fast to open these shops and be marketably different than because we were fine and profitable in Kentucky just alone. I could have done that the rest of my life. But to me, it's about you have to be willing to evolve. That is the best thing to me, whether it's like, OK, we're doing this. We were churning and burning PSA slabs. That all is different now. I'm not making as much. But I never liked the online media thing, and I hate Twitter, and I hate this. Well, you need to probably evolve, and you can find some lane in there to tell stories, to be engaged, that can bring you more business. But you gotta, you gotta grind on that. Or if you're like, no, I don't have time to grade all these cards to try and increase the margins over here. No, I got, you gotta learn now. It, it's the real work of understanding the hobby and the way it moves that, that is in for those guys. And um, I think the advice is to, is to get those other voices around. Cause you, when you're running a business, if you're just by yourself and maybe you're one guy or two guys with you in your LCS and you're stressed and the margins are dropping and all that, that panic can multiply. I think when it's just that you've got to go get other voices and you got to get other people in and take the time to do that. Like I learned so much from flying Mojo back to him and, and Santiago and those guys, but Mojo out to Kentucky just to show him the shop and take because I knew he loved cousins. So I took him over to the practice facility and all that. And it's like, okay, so what are you doing? Tell me this, like you have to, what are the young guys doing? That's why I hire young guys that I'm missing because I'm an old school collector and all this. Get those other voices in the room and you'll probably find some way to make money in a different way. And to me, I'm always trying to create different revenue streams. Okay, what about all these base cards? Well, let's ship them all to COMC. Let's go do this. Let's like, what other ways can I think of to do this that isn't what I like or naturally what I was thinking back when I was in the boom? I love it. And listen, guys, I think the what I'm gonna parse out there is have some fun, collect. Right, you can collect an obscure person. Look at I'll go back to him because he's kind of your partner for the trade night. We'll we'll talk it up now. Right, look look at Ryan Card Collector's two most recent posts about the kid that he collected. Donnie kid, yeah, the Ohio State guy. He's got the jersey now and the whole. I mean, like that's a cool story. It's one of those things where like it's probably not worth anything to many other people, but to him, this is like a grail, right? So that that's part of collecting. But I will say this, right? So be careful with one piece of advice Jimmy's giving you. Don't fall too much in love with your local team, right? Because Kentucky, right. Kentucky's great, and you can have a collection of it in the whole nine yards. But but Jimmy's lucky he came into the in collecting world in '85, because he came in in '84, 
he would have been better off giving up Kentucky for North Carolina. Oh, that oh, that hurts so much. We beat him by 30 this year and Kansas, but anyway. But Sam Bowie was pick number two. Yes. And Michael Jordan was pick number three. I've got lots of horror stories from guys in Kentucky trading Jordans for Billy's. Lots of those in the shop. It's just one of those things, guys. One of those things. But Jimmy, we love you. It looks like Andrew's Andrew. You, you got to run. You're going to be on stage. You're moderating a panel or something. I'm not moderating. <laughs> we're selling. Uh, we're selling cards. Having a great time. Beacon is incredible. I don't actually have to go anywhere, Cage. My computer was just dying, so I was going to go. Oh. Plug it back. Well, that's in okay. So I, I mean, it's an on. hour. So Sorry, I, I could talk. I I, no, Jimmy, I talk to you for four hours, man. We could do a weekly show with you. Forget about it, because we love that you're on. You're smiling. You're happy. You're doing your thing. You and 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 I got to tell you, well, let's just say thank you. Thanks for coming on, because the, the way the hobby is now, just the way kind of like the overall, you know, um, I guess the overall mental state of the hobby, if we could say it has one, right? It's kind of weird. Yeah. Is it's down. It really is. There's a lot of no animosity. Doubt. There's a lot of kind of like, you know, nitpicking. There's a lot of people looking for problems. Um, and, and oh, you know, course. if you look hard enough, you're going to find problems in the hobby. So I love bringing somebody like you on that's like, you know what? It happens. You know what I mean? You know, 1860, whatever, there was the Cincinnati Redlegs card, right? I mean, you know, we'll be here. The cards will be here after we're gone. The cards will be here when we're, you know, when, when none of us are here to collect anymore. And, and people do need to hear that, right? Because it will endure. Yeah, it has. It's like it's like Andrew said. Like ninety nine percent of people, it's a vocal minority that are looking for the problems. Every time I'm at shows, on it's giving. It's people. They're nice and like not talking about me. I talk about other people. The majority of this hobby is incredible. It shall endure, and you just layered in another killer generation for that. And that's, I mean, that's really all it's about, right? And, and think about the, you know, the people who are going to be able to come to your store in Bronxville, your store in Dallas, your store in these places, right? And you know they're going to get a different experience than what yes. most folks are doing. You know they're going to get a free no pack. Question. You know they're going to get a story. You know that they're going to open something and you're going to be, oh, look at this person. This might be one to hang on to. Your friends might not know this person. You'll take the time to talk to them about Keldon yes. Johnson and that kind of stuff. It really is a huge, you know, a huge thing. I can't wait for National because I hurt my arm carrying slabs because I just needed to carry around a lot of stuff to give away to people. I was giving away like Mookie Betts rookie cards to anybody who anybody who was around. There you go. Right. Throwing the cards around. And it's it believe it or not, that was more fun for me than you know making a deal with Sasha T, which I did also. Um you right. know it's, it's fun stuff. You know, I mean it, it it really is. And and Jimmy listen thanks not just for coming on for continuing to smile. Um what you're doing, it's great for the hobby because a lot of people can open up card stores and they can be leveraged. A lot of people can open up card stores and they can, you know, be doing it where they need to create a huge amount of margin for this off because they're spending so much money. Now, I'm not saying that you are doing this to lose money. Obviously, nah. you're not. But you have a long-term game plan with it, which we need because you're not okay. gonna you're not gonna go away next year. No, and it, this it's isn't a good to thing for the hobby. Sell it. This isn't yeah. a venture capitalist thing. This is to create. A legacy, not not just for me, but the, but more for the people that come in the shop and can come back twenty years later with their kids. That's the goal. Yeah, and I mean, listen, that, it's kind of one of the things that we do need, right? Because you're going to have a lot of headlines of cards that were seven hundred thousand dollars are now selling for two hundred and fifty. 
th- that article is slanted in a way, right? It doesn't say right. that, that same card was a hundred thousand dollars the year before. It doesn't right. say, hey, two years ago this card that's a hundred grand is now two fifty. It, right. it it slants just like you can slant the chart. And I have a feeling that that you're going to start to see that. I mean, somebody posted in one of our groups today, Andrew, a store going out of business sign. I think I don't know if it was on Facebook or whatever it was, and mm-hmm. it was like, hey, go support these guys. They're having a clearance sale. They're you know the whole nine yards, and we're like, okay, wow, you don't really see that too often, you know, by me in the city. Starbucks just closed, which you never see. You know what right. I mean? It's, it's just right. one of those things. So I have a feeling that if that starts happening more, you're going to start to see articles slanted in a way. Hey, what was a huge hobby and a big moneymaker during COVID is now a wasteland. It's now a place where people have gone to lose money. These This many card shops have lost money. It's, it's, it, we'll call it a beacon. You will be there. You know, people will know you will be there. You're doing it the right way. And and, and I appreciate that because I will not be gone. I will be here. I've been here right. for a long time and I'll be here. And I know that, you know, that that people will see your business expanding and growing through ups and downs. And that's a great thing for the hobby. So thank you, man. And it's a great thing for the market. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And we'll be here. We'll be right here. Andrew? Stu's the man. I love it. I'll talk to him for four hours. I don't care. <laughs> Look what you got going on there. Wow. Wow. Listen, I, I went into today. I, I've never been a dealer. I've never dealt before. Like, uh, never set up. Here's here's my booth right there. Thank you, Ooh. by the way, to Slabstock, who provided uh, an extra one of whatever those wooden things are called. But I a showcase. You, you know, what's the best way, showcase, to go into ticket you know i've never done this i don't have experience you know dealing or being a seller go in i'm jimmy and i are doing a podcast so let's go in with a smile and see what happens record day record day and it's just having a smile having give making people feel good i kind of want to be a dealer from now on this has been one of my most fun days it's just a blast setting up, having some, it's kind of fun it's a blast come to a shop with us Jimmy, thank you so much. I know you're going to say nothing. Do to support. Oh, uh, just doing this and be, being who you are. Like I was saying before we got on, I just appreciate your voice. It's not the clickbait, look at the drama. Oh my gosh, these guys did that. There's plenty of that. There's plenty of that out there. But like, okay, let's intelligently investigate. What are the good things? What are the pitfalls? Let's do this and do it in a calm, patient, intelligent way. I appreciate that a lot because I'm not falling for the other stuff that these other guys are saying. They're just trying to get ad revenue. Good for them. Great. This is the important stuff. That's why you've got 680 episodes. Well, that's because we're nuts and we show up every single day. <laughs> but you got to be a little nuts. There's a reason. There's a reason. And I... To me, that's the kind of support to have. No, knowing that there are guys like you out there doing this, that makes my day better. Appreciate you know, that. That's funny. Cages, we had this, what are we, an hour five in. A lot of the principles you're talking about, I'm thinking about how lucky I am to have a co host, a business partner like Cage. Because, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do 680 episodes alone. I don't think I would have been able to do 600 episodes with any other single human being in this world <laughs> except for you. So, Thank you, man. I got to say thank you for you as a business partner. Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on. It's an Um, honor. It's an honor. 
Thanks, Tracy, for setting it up. And we'll have you on again, man. Maybe, maybe in the lead up. I'm sure I'm sure Ryan's gonna be talking up, you know, trade night, you know, on his podcast and the whole deal. But we'll have yes. you on in the lead up and you know, make sure everybody knows where to go and you know who's gonna be there and stuff like that as we get closer to the event because it's a really cool thing you do. And a lot of people probably don't realize you don't make any money, it costs you money, you lose money doing the show. Zero. You know what I mean? So Zero. you know, doing the doing the trade night. So I mean and that, people always are skeptical, and it's like, I've been doing this for a long time, and been doing this for six years. That's just the truth. I know it's hard to believe. It's just the truth. Love you, Luca Nation. And go look up Scalabasier. He was supposed to be like the, the next thing since, uh, I think it was compared to Shaq at one point. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.